Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm your host, Paul Metza. We have a great show tonight. Three guests, two in the studio with me and uh, one on the phone. We're talking about a great weekend of the hip-hop experience coming up at the Ordway Theater, St. Paul, right off Rice Park, where Ulysses Grant spoke in about 1866, I believe. Uh, but we have uh, my guests live in the studio are Shelly Mueller, the marketing manager, and DJ Diggy. We're going to be talking to them in the first two sets of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. And then I'm honored to say a man who's coming to the Ordway on the 26th is uh, Terrence Blanchard. Terrence is a trumpet player, a composer. He's uh, worked with Spike Lee, uh, doing most of Spike's soundtrack work on his movies for the last 30 years. He does a ton of other stuff, so we spoke for about 20 minutes with him. So I'm very excited to share that with you. But in the meantime, I'd like to introduce uh, my guest to the studio audience, sitting right across from me, the lovely Shelley Mueller, marketing manager at the Ordway, and to my right, Mr. DJ Diggy. How you doing? Good, man. Good, Thanks. good to be here. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. So... Why not, Shelly, let's start with you. What uh, is this weekend? Uh, it's Hip Hop Super Plus going on at the Ordway on October 25th and 26th. Tell us all about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, DJ Diggy's part of the Friday night event, the Rooted, um, part of the From the Ground Up, a celebration of hip hop. And Rooted is a celebration of hip hop dance and music and culture. Um, and that starts at 7.30. And there's a pre-show extra, which is uh, part of the panel. So Maya Maiden Productions is, is who is presenting Rooted. Um, and she has a few people with her. And at 6.30, they'll be talking about hip hop as an educational tool. Um, there's going to be, uh, uh, sorry, um, some things in the lobby that represent the hip hop culture and fashion and all those things. I'm oh, really cool. talking, uh, talking about, I mean, a little bit what Terrence said, which is like the, you know, you have to know the history to move forward. Right. So, uh, DJ's a part of that crew that's bringing what the foundations of hip hop are and, and the, and the roots of hip hop, which hence the rooted. Right. Um, and it's, um, there's a ton of people involved, a carnage executioner, Tish Jones, Desdemona, um, and it looks amazing. If people go to our website, they can see a, a nice video representation of, of what's going to be happening that night. And then the continuation for that is Caravan, a uh, revolution on the road Saturday night. I uh, had the pleasure of going to see Los Lobos on their 45th anniversary tour at the Ordway and uh, had a chance to interview uh, Louis Perez, originally a drummer. Now he, now he steps up front with his guitar and other instruments uh, spoke with him at the uh, St. Saint, Saint Paul Hotel before the show. I want to say a couple things about the Ordway because I've gone to, I played there once for the Sally Awards years ago when we honored uh, the late, great Sue McLean, but I've been to several shows there. But number one, what I really enjoyed going to see the Los Lobos show was it is such, it, it's a very welcoming uh space when you get there. And it's not like you go to shows these days. I'm not going to mention the names of the places. It's like going through airport security. It's a very laid back, uh, your people in the lobby, your volunteers and your, your paid people, they're very welcoming. The bartender was great. And, um, 
You have several bars in the place where you can get uh, a cocktail or a coffee or a little bite to eat. Uh, but it was so welcoming. And then the other thing I loved about what the Ordway is doing, and you might have a, a big part of this, uh, Shelley Miller, is you're really branching out now into not only different cultural tribes, uh, but a little more cutting edge in terms of this uh, types of shows and music you're presenting at the Ordway. Well, thank, first, thanks for the uh, information about, you know, the feedback about the lobby. I, it's a great crew, and I've worked in uh, a lot of the other arts organizations at Twin Cities, and they're all great, but you're right about the lobby space. I think people take for granted that you can come and kind of stretch out. And, you know, even last night we had the uh, Say Anything screening with John Cusack, and we were able to have a dance party and photo nice. booth because there's just so much room, you know, and it it overlooks the, the park and it's gorgeous. So thank you for that. Um, I can't take any credit for the actual booking. Um, I was actually brought in because there was a need for another marketing person to focus on those. So I am the marketing manager for non-Broadway. Um, so... But we're getting there, right? We're, we're, right? we're three or four years into doing more than what has been typically called our, like, world music. Right. Or, or music and movement. So uh, Dana Martinez, who is part of the, you know, the people who curated this, who works full-time for the Ordway, is amazing. Um, and she had a vision for this and was working with our community. And they has been doing that work for years. Mm-hmm. So we, I think Dana's, you know, Dana and the team before me have just sent such a great foundation that we're getting to the point now where – Maya Maiden and the rest of the community want to come work with Ordway because they trust us. They they know that we trust their vision and we're excited to share, you know, and be in the community in a way that we're able to be in it. Like some other places can't do that because that's not their directive. But part of the Ordway's story is every story told on stage. And so we're working really hard to have everyone represented on that stage and so that everyone can see themselves on that stage and see a future for themselves maybe they didn't have an opportunity to before. So that's a big part of this celebration on Friday and Saturday is is having that culture in there and having that community in there and and having that experience and, and understanding that there is a space for you in this art world that maybe you didn't have an opportunity to before. Which is a good way to introduce the very handsome DJ Deggy. Thank and, you, sir. Uh, so how did you get involved with this, DJ? Um, I I was with uh, Mia Maiden, uh, Raw Fire, uh, Mia Maiden Productions. Um, she put me on a couple shows, uh, Being Brothers, uh, Sister Solo, and some of the other Rooted shows. Um, an artist and a DJ. And um, she had my group Up Rock on the show, and we just gelled. It's the it's the music and dance community, and it was so welcoming. It just it was a really easy fit. Have you had a chance to do any rehearsals yet at the Ordway? Uh, not at the Ordway. We're doing the run through the the day of. Right. But um, I've I've witnessed the the re- rehearsal for all the groups, and it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. It's the best of every show that um, Raphael ever put together. Right. It sounds like a very multifaceted event. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's. Um, and, and like Shelley was saying, it was it's it's an opportunity for the community to actually be showcased, right? And give shouts out to the Ordway for taking a chance on the community, letting the community know that this is actually a space where 
we can be seen. Right. Nobody else is doing that. Right. Nobody else is doing that. I heard a great interview while I was uh, driving here on Minnesota Public Radio with Lou Bellamy, the founder of the Penumbra Theater. And uh, I'm a huge Lou Bellamy fan, Penumbra Theater fan, and I saw almost every debut of August Wilson plays over there. And so they're in a way kind of your cousin, or you're their cousin, Mm -hmm. and uh, they've been such a strong part of the Selby-Dale neighborhood telling uh, uh, stories of the black experience, and now you guys are are moving downtown, and it is so cool. I applaud uh, you, Shelley, and the Ordway for uh, for doing this and exposing great artists like uh, DJ Diggy. It must be a great honor for you to play that. Oh, it it is. I've been working with the Ordway for a good five years. Nice, um, doing things for like being the DJ for the Hip Hop Nutcracker, um, the Children's the Flint Hills Children's Festival, also. Uh, and I'm an educator also. Okay. So I make it a point to try to expose uh, the youth that's in the community to the Ordway because it's a thing where it's right in the middle of our community, but yet and still we don't know about it. Right. So that's why this is so important. Now, the dance community, uh, what uh, Raw Fire has created, the opportunities to showcase so many talented artists, uh, this is this is huge. This is really, really huge. I remember when I started going out to New York City in 83. Uh, you just started to hear the rumblings out there, the whole hip-hop and rap culture, right, which started in the Bronx in 77, I believe. But uh, And then you'd see the graffiti subway trains. And then I, I played at uh, the New Music Seminar in 85, and there was uh, they had a, a, like a, a DJ night um, with La- Africa Bambata was there. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, and so I went to see it, and it was, you know, it was out in New York, but it really was not yet around really even the rest of the country. And to see hip-hop really, in a way, take over the world, right? Right. Because right. now it's an, it's an international language. And with not only the music, uh, but the fashions, and now you guys are bringing the dance into it. It, it blows my mind. I think it's such an incredible thing. We've uh, got about a minute left before we hear a piece you're going to introduce so let us know dj diggy what you're going to be playing for us this is not going to be part of this uh two nights at the ordway but it's something you had worked on before so tell us yes. about this piece it, 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 it represents uh the the community it represents what rooted is as far as um being together and it's called if we if we if we got it we get it so it's just about community. If if I have something, then my community has something. Right. And it's from uh, the Project Deconstructed Diggy. And what is it, Ordway.org, or what is it? Yep, Ordway.org for tickets, or 651-224-4222. We've got Shelly Miller in. She's the marketing manager at the Ordway and DJ Diggy. We're going to listen to a little bit of DJ's music and come back in the second set with both of these wonderful people. We get it. We got it. If we get it. We got it. If we get it. Your path is like an open mic. Memorize and spit it right. Negatively overwrite. No doubt that's an oversight and brush it off. OG, step up, get involved. Fess up, it's okay to fall. You did it all. Struggle and rep in the paw. Tell him it's okay to cry. Ain't no need to hide. You keep that bottle inside you blow. Situation Waiters never know how power 
Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. There is a great uh, couple of nights of events over at the Ordway Theater in St. Paul next weekend. Friday night, October 25th, is From the Ground Up, a celebration of hip-hop culture. And Saturday night, uh, Caravan of Revolution on the Road featuring the great Terrence Blanchard and his man. My guests are Shelly Mueller, the marketing manager at the Ordway, and DJ Diggy. So we talked a little bit about the shows, but the show is so expansive. Tell us more about the shows that are going on. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, activities happening around that, too. So like I said, there's those pre-show talks before both shows on Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then on Saturday, there's you can take a free crump class if anyone's interested. Um, I won't be there because I've got zero rhythm. Uh, but it's free, and you can find all that information at theordway.org. Uh, it's all there. The front, From the Ground Up has its own page. There's also a master class you can take with Rennie Harris himself, which is just $7 also on Saturday. Wow. Uh, so the day of the show, the 26th. Uh, and then on tomorrow, actually, or sorry, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday we have uh, a Soul Bowl Hip Hop Right. So if you're not familiar with Soul Bowl, they're a great restaurant and they just opened in the new space in that North Loop. It's, it's a food hall. Okay. But it's a, you can look them up, Soul Bowl. It's amazing food and it is soul food and it's delicious. DJ, I don't know if you've had it. Have you had it, Diggy? Yesterday. Yeah. Really? And the, yes. and the review is? Oh, it is, it is excellent. <laughs> it is excellent. I met the owner also and the, the vibe, the area, it's just, it's just perfect and so welcoming. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's that, not. I just live right across the river. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. So that is Sunday, um, uh, October 20th, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Gray's Provisions and Libations. I haven't been there yet, but I think it's that North Loop by Bunkers. Was the, is that just a one-off? It is a one-off. Um, they're doing it special with us. Uh, there'll be an MCs. So Shelley, how long have you been with the Ordway? Uh, just over a year. Must be an exciting place to work. It is. It's exciting. It, it's, it's stretching my muscles in a different way I haven't mm-hmm. been able to do. So it's good. And it's such a beautiful, that part of uh, St. Paul, uh, I adore. You have the Rice Park, which mm-hmm. I, I played a few times myself. The Landmark Center. God bless the woman that ever helped save that. They wanted to tear that down years ago. And, of course, uh, the greatest martini in St. Paul at the St. Paul Hotel. Nice. I'll have to try that. Yo. <laughs> Tito straight up, dry, one olive. Nice. Yeah, take your time, <laughs> chill it up. So, uh, Diggy, uh, when did you get in this whole DJ uh, hip-hop thing? Well, I was part of a group called the Abstract Pack in the mid-'90s. We've uh, won the Twin Cities Hip-Hop Legend Award in 08. Um, been with my crew for over 20 years, wow. um, I've been a solo artist, and another uh, group is called Uprock, which is another member of the Abstract Pack. So in the hip-hop community, we I've been doing a lot. Right. And I um, won a, another award, a Sage Award, also with the work I've done with the Wild Goose Chase Cloggers. So we did a show with... Um, hip-hop mixing stepping with clogging <laughs> and so uh when world's when, colliding yes sir in a beautiful way yes and, and and the thing is we are all connected by rhythm right and we have much more in common than we want to realize or even recognize right and so with with raw fire with mia mia maiden productions 
um, when she actually saw what I can do, she says, well, we have to make a, a better and bigger connection. So we've been really talking and becoming more of partners through the performing and talking about community, especially with uh, the youth, because I'm in, I'm in education. That's what I do for the past 23 years. It's uh, fusing all these opportunities for our youth, the community, for uh, expression and giving them permission to express themselves through dance. I uh, I did a project with the Sounds of Blackness and Willie Walker about a year and a half ago. I wrote a song called Ain't Gonna Whistle Dixie Anymore. Cool. And we did it over at the high school for the recording arts. And it was amazing how much talent that these, you know, they were probably, I'm going to guess 15 to 19. Mm-hmm. But how much talent and passion these kids had. Yes, sir. For hip-hop as producers, as artists themselves. Uh, people that want to get into the music business. They, they do a great job. I want to give a shout-out to Scotty Harold, who's a friend of mine who hooked me up uh, with them. In fact, we did a, a – I should get you at it. We, we did uh, a song I wrote called Ain't Gonna Whistle Dixie Anymore. Willie Walker, if you know him, the great Willie Walker, East St. Paul guy for 50 years, originally from Memphis, sang lead, and then the wow. uh, my good friend Gary Hines and the Sons of Blackness, same background. But we did a hip-hop version as a demo. Wow. And there was a young uh, – Young cat named uh, Little Royal Smith, who uh, and his buddy, whose name I'm forgetting, who threw down a hip hop rap on it, and we're running it out around the different uh, uh, rappers to put put a rap version of that on. Um, but just to see uh, the enthusiasm these kids had, that's why I loved when you were talking about getting the you know kids involved with this stuff. Yes, yes, it's 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 been a thing where um, expression is not respected as something important. Right. And, uh, again, that's why it's it's so important for people to come out to the show and see it because the Ordway is opening up the doors to the dance community. Right. And what um, Mia Maiden, Raw Fire um, put together, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Right. I'm in the show, and going through the rehearsal, my mind was blown out like oh my gosh i'm a part of this right i heard a great quote uh that uh lou bellamy brought up with his interview today with his quoted Berthold breck who said uh his case theater but i think we could talk about with this performance that's happening at the ordway next weekend somewhere goes so Berthold breck said something to the effect theater is not a mirror that we hold up to ourselves theater is a our hammer and anvil that we can shape the world around us. Yes, sir. And that's kind of what you guys are doing in a way, yes, right? Yes, sir. You're bringing it to the forefront and going, this is the way you can, you know, you can roll. Right, exactly. And it, it's, it's, it's recognizing the individuals that are in the show also, and they're going to be able to, to connect and touch other people by their movement and to be an inspiration to the people who say, like, I want to move, I want to dance, but I've never seen it here. Right. And now um, they get to see the same people that's in their communities on this big stage. Right. And what what is that going to do for our community, our youth? It's like, okay, now I can do it because I see it. Half of the time, we don't believe we can do it unless we actually see it. Right. So now the Orway has given us an opportunity to 
actually showcase the community that lives there. And I think, too, uh, rhythm is the first thing we connect with as little kids. Yes, sir. Uh, my, my harmonica player, Sonny Earl, has a, his granddaughter, um, Spencer, comes to our show. She's just turned two, and they let her loose. We put a little, you know, uh, panning in her ears so we don't hear the little eardrums, and she just starts to move on right. the floor. Yep. And you've seen this with your kids yes, definitely. With, or your friends' kids. Uh, so that's just a, a, a beautiful way to get into the world of music and art is just start dancing when you're really young. Right. And it's not, it's not taught. You just yeah. move. The, the, the right. babies, you they, just, just, they right. just move. You don't need directions. You don't need anybody to tell you to do it. It's just right. a natural reaction to the world around you. Yes, sir. I want to uh, thank our guest, Shelly Mueller, the marketing manager at the Hipper Than Ever Ordway <laughs> Theater. I love that place. And DJ Diggy. Uh, DJ is going to be a, a prime mover in From the Ground Up, a celebration of hip-hop culture on Friday, October 25th at the Ordway. And then the night after, the Great Caravan of Revolution on the Road with Terrence Blanchard. More music and more dance. Thanks for listening to uh, uh, this set on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Terrence Blanchard coming up next. man in show business, Mr. Terrence Blanchard. He's won six Grammys. He's a jazz cat, New Orleans native, a trumpeter, a composer, a music educator. There's not much this guy doesn't do. Terrence, thanks so much for taking time to speak with us today. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. You've been up to Minneapolis every now and then. I think the last time you were in town, you played at the Dakota. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it there. I love it. Plan is always a good group of people that come to the show, even in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Which is six months out of the year up here. Yeah, right. Tell us about growing up in New Orleans. I've only been down there once, but uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, New Orleans music. I've had the uh, opera. I'm a musician and songwriter myself. I've had the opportunity to play with the Neville Brothers a couple times and uh, met uh, the great Alan Toussaint at the San Francisco mm-hmm. Blues Fest in 2007. They had oh, a great yeah. conversation with him. And there's a fellow who married a gal from my hometown named Willie West, uh, who okay. worked with uh, Alan Toussaint and then did about a year with the Meters in 1972, uh, old buddies okay. of uh, Aaron Neville, who was actually just in town, too, as well. Uh-huh. Tell us about growing up in New Orleans and uh, picking up that vibe as, uh, as, a music- as a young kid and then becoming a, a great musician. Well... Uh, you know, New Orleans is a very special place for, you know, as those who've been there and experienced it already know. Um, so you should make a trip. You should definitely try to get down there and experience it because um, there isn't a, a place like it on the planet, I feel. Um, you know, it uh, has its own rhythm, its own vibe, its own sense of of, of uh, smell. <laughs> right. Um, you know, from the time that I was a kid, man, I... I could never imagine life without music. You know, mm-hmm. music was was always uh, a major part of everyone's life there. 
You know, from the time that you would go to a picnic and at the end of the picnic, people would play a second line or at the end of a dance, you know. It was, and it was always about live music when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The whole DJ thing came along, you know, in uh, the later years. So with it always being about live music, you always got a chance to hear great musicians play. Right. You know, and uh, that just became the norm for me. Um, and by the time I moved to New York, man, it really helped me understand what it took to be a musician, what it took to be successful. Mm-hmm. I saw people in New Orleans who did it just because they loved it. Right. Now, who were some of the uh, legendary cats uh, when you were coming of age down in New Orleans that you got a chance to hear? Like, was Danny Baker still around? Um, Danny Barker, yeah. Yeah, Danny, Danny Barker, Barker yeah. Danny, all of those guys were still around. I got a chance to hear all of them. You wow. know, Emory Thompson was a great trumpet player. Wallace Davenport, another one. Uh, the Brunius brother, John Brunius and Wendell Brunius, you know, great trumpet players. And then um, my my I, <laughs> I always call him my big brother because he's older than me. But uh, Leroy Jones, okay, uh, another great another great trumpet player that I heard. Uh, Michael Stewart and some other people that you know you may not have heard of. But all mm-hmm. of these guys were man, extremely talented man and set the bar really high. You know, right. and um, they were a big influence on what it is that I do. Now, you were about the same age and, and came of age with uh, Wynton Marcellus, correct? Yeah, he's six months older than me. Okay. I was to make that distinction. <laughs> and uh, so what, uh, when you guys were just, uh, you know, starting to, starting to play your horns, um, did you did you work together at all or, or, or jam or practice, any of that stuff? Well, yeah, we were in summer music camps when we were in elementary school. Okay. Um, and uh, that's when I met him when I was in. He was going to sixth grade. I was going to fifth grade. Okay. Uh, at the Loyola College of Music. And, you know, we knew each other growing up, man. We'd always be in music camps. Willie Metcalf was a great jazz pianist from Detroit. Had moved to New Orleans and used to have a, a summer jazz camp at the, the YMCA. Um, and we would see each other there. And then years later, you know, we got a chance to, to go to school together at the New Orleans Center for the Creative Arts for one year. He was a senior. I was a junior. Uh, and, you know... But it wasn't just Winton, man. It was, you know, Branford. It was, yeah. There was a whole host. There was a whole host of musicians that have never really made a name for themselves. But man, they were really t- talented, man. Del Montague, Kirby Offner. There was a bunch of dudes that were, that were uh, all could have been just as, as successful as us if they would have, uh, you know, stayed with it. Delfeo Marcellus is coming up to do a show here in uh, in, a, in the next mm-hmm. few weeks. He's a good good friend with my buddy Tommy Lieberman. They've done a few projects together. We've lost mm-hmm. um, in the last few years uh, uh, Fats Domino uh, several years ago, uh, but more recently uh, Dave Bartholomew. Did you get know Dave at all? The great uh, the great producer. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he worked up like almost to the end, didn't he? Man, all yeah, but that's the thing I'm talking about. That's the thing about New Orleans that I love. The musicians, it's you know, people. It, it's always been interesting to me to work career, right? You know, when it comes to music, because for me, this wasn't these guys' career. It was their life. It right. Was great. It, was, it was. It was. What it was the reason they got up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know. So Dave Bartholomew, you know Danny Barker. All of those guys, man, they they played until they couldn't breathe, yeah. you know, and that's just the way it's always been. And that's the thing that I love about being from New Orleans, because it's about the music. It's not about anything else. Now, 
when did you uh, did you start playing with Lionel Hampton after you moved to New York? Yeah, I moved to uh, New Jersey to go to Rutgers University and actually started playing with Lionel a week before I started school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a very lucky situation for me because of Paul Jeffries, who was the band director. He was the jazz band director at uh, at uh, Rutgers, and he had played with Thelonious Monk, and he was in uh, Lionel Hampton's band. And when I applied to go to Rutgers, they didn't have any housing, so I had to stay at, at Paul's house for about a week or two before they could find a place for me to stay. And, man, you know, he took me to, you know, a gig with with him playing with Lionel and then told me to bring my horn and asked me to play, and Lionel heard me, and then he hired me the next week. Wow. What year was that, uh, Terrence Blanchard? That was 1980. Wow. I remember I was living out in uh, uh, Rigo Park for about a year and a half, uh, playing around in Greenwich Village in the mid-'90s, and I think... It was Lionel Hampton's apartment caught on fire. I believe he lived on 63rd Street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember when that happened. But, that, was, that was when I found out the band. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah, also, that was pretty fair. Yeah, <laughs> man, I remember it. They had it on the 6 o'clock news. I went, oh, not Lionel's mm-hmm. apartment. Mm-hmm. But right, uh, exactly. what about, and then you, uh, you played with the great Art Blakey. Well, that was the moment in time that has left a huge mark on my life. You know, I was there for four years, but it wow. I, I felt like I aged 40 years by being <laughs> in that band, you know, because um, I was introduced to so much. You know, I met all of my heroes while I was playing with Art, mm-hmm. um, playing with such a pioneer in the music. Man, he just he just showed us what it was what it what it meant to to be a jazz musician. He talked to us all the time about working at our craft and creating and coming up with something, and being very diligent and dogged about our approach to playing the music. Mm-hmm. You know, and he allowed us to express ourselves. Now, the interesting thing about that is that he always wanted each rendition of the band to have its own mark. But at the end of the day, we all tried that. But at the end of the day, it was still his group because his musical personality was so strong. Whenever he hit that press roll, man, it just you knew you were playing with the jazz messenger. <laughs> yeah, what a, what an uh, an amazing band leader and and drummer and just human being. Uh, I've kind of asked you too. You've had to bump shoulders if uh, not played with Sonny Rollins. Man, I played with Sonny Rollins in Carnegie Hall. Oh wow! Well, say no more. Of, yeah, that was probably one of the greatest moments in my life. Um, I remember when he called. I was at a rehearsal at a friend's house, and I remember when he called. I didn't think it was Sonny. I thought it was somebody pretending to be Sonny. You know. <laughs> You know, when Sonny Rollins calls you out of the out of the blue, right? You know, you know, Terrence. I said, I said, yeah. He goes, Sonny here, and I said, oh, hey, yeah, okay. And he goes, yeah, Paul told me a lot about you. That was Paul Jeffries, right. my teacher at Rutgers. They were good friends. And when he said that, I went, oh my goodness, this is this this is really a Sonny Rollins. Wow. And he said, I want you to play a concert with me. And I never <laughs> forget something at the end of the phone call. He said something that I never thought I would hear from a musician. He said, you're going to make history. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And you played with Sonny Rollins at Carnegie Hall. So you must have yeah. practiced. You must have practiced, right? A little bit. Yeah, yeah right. Sure.
Spike Lee? Well, I met Spike uh, probably around 89. Uh, uh, he was uh, doing a film, and his father wanted to contract a big band full of young and older musicians. And um, he hired a guy named Howard Vick to find all of the musicians. And, you know, we all were there. I, I, there's a video that I saw recently of one of the earlier sessions, and it's amazing to see the number of people who were in, who were on that session. Huh. Um, and I remember I walked in, man, I had a Lakers T-shirt on, and Spike said, you're a Lakers fan, huh? I go, yep. <laughs> and uh, he remembered me because of that. And then he asked me to, to uh, play on uh, um, uh, the next film. And the things just progress from there. Right. Uh, and it's been a great working relationship, working with him. You know, I feel like we've grown together in this business because we kind of started around the same time. And it's been over 30 years that we've been working together, and it's been a very fruitful relationship. Well, and what an amazing body of work. I want to talk a little bit about Spike, Spike's dad, Bill Lee, uh, upright mm-hmm. bass player. He played with Belafonte, uh, Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, Duke Ellington, yeah. Johnny Hooker. Gordon Lightfoot, just to name a few. He must be yeah. a hell of a cat. Oh, he was. Well, his whole, Spike's whole family was. He had a, he had a, uh, aunt, uh, Bill's sister, I think her name was Consuelo, who was a consummate classical pianist. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. heard her play just a little bit and she was amazing. So Spike comes from like very artistic, he comes from a very artistic family, brilliant family. His father was a brilliant bassist and also composer, you know, um, so it just made sense that Spike would be doing what he's doing. Right. Well, I love the fact that you, you cats have been working together for over 30 years. I want to talk about a few other things before we talk about your project and the E-Collective coming to the Ordway Theater um, on the uh, October 26th. I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Uh, you've done soundtracks for so many movies. One of my favorites in the last several years was Cadillac Records. Oh, wow. The yeah. History of Chess Records. Now, were you on uh, the set for any of that while it was going on? No, 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 no. I wasn't there for the shooting of that. Donald Martin was the director of that. He's a good friend of mine. Um, I wish I would have been on the set. It would have been amazing to, because, to, you know, I just love watching the process. Well, but I, it was a great film. It was a great film to work on. I I, I loved it. Uh, I had a personal relationship. I used to uh, book a blues club uh, in Minneapolis from 2001 to 2008, and I had a really nice budget. And I got some of the last remaining uh, golden blues cats from Chicago, Detroit, uh, Mississippi, and Louisiana to come on up. But I I developed a very close relationship with Hubert Sumlin, Holland Wolf's guitar Mm -hmm. player. And I used to take him out for lunch, take him over to my house because he loved to hang out with my dog because he was a dog guy. And uh, he missed his dog on the road. But I loved it in uh, the movie, of course, that featured a lot of stuff with Holland Wolf uh, with another Mm -hmm. cat being Hubert Sumlin. But Hubert was actually in the uh, one of the session guys and a couple of the scenes in the recording studio. So, oh, nice. Yeah, good, good. I, I smiled good. when I saw that. Now, uh, you were, you've were you won six Grammys. You were nominated in 2019 for a Grammy Award for the soundtrack uh, for Black Klansman, which was an amazing film. I want to mm-hmm. ask you about the song at the end that blew my freaking mind. And uh, mm. it was that Prince solo version on piano of Mary Don't oh, yeah. You Weep. Mm-hmm. How did you? Well, yeah. How, tell well, us. no, Spike found that. So, you know, the Prince's family 
found some old recordings after he had passed away. And uh, they, I don't know how he got it from them, but um, he told me about it. And um, as soon as I heard it, I knew it was going to be in the film. You know, um, and the unfortunate part about it is that the tape ran out at the end. That's why it just cuts off at the end. Right. Uh, just because you ran out of tape. You know, I moved to Minneapolis in 78, and I used to do some demos at uh, Moon Sound, where uh-huh. uh, Prince got to start. Chris Moon, the guy that owned it, basically, who wrote soft and wet with Prince, gave him the keys. And so we'd see him there. We'd get done with our thing. And... Uh, this handsome young black dude would come in really skinny and uh, very quiet, sit in the corner, and then, you know, be there all night till he had to go to school the next day. So I've been mm. following him for years but and know almost all of his recorded work. But I'm, I'm telling you, that Mary Don't You Weep, I, I believe to me, as a 40-year Prince fan, it's one of the greatest vocal performances I've ever heard by him. Well, to me, it speaks to a lot of things. It speaks to his background in music. It speaks mm-hmm. to, you know, how sometimes a lot of young kids want to get into popular music but don't understand they need to know the history and need to be well-versed and well-rounded in music. And to me, that track just kind of sets the tone for all of that. You yeah. Know, I remember Prince had a conversation with another very famous pop star, and he told her, you need to sit down and learn the piano and start learning how to deal with harmony. You know, mm-hmm. and you could tell he was a great musician. I saw his show here. Uh, I'm in L.A. right now. Okay. And I saw, his, I saw his show here in L.A. that he was doing, and he did those 23 shows straight. And uh, the night that I went, it was Cassandra Wilson opening up for him. Wow. And it was, it was an amazing night because he, kept, he came out during Cassandra's set, and he said, L.A., do you get it? Real musicians <laughs> playing real music. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's a smart guy. Smart guy and uh, played everything and uh, worked as hard as you do, Terrence Blanchard. I can ask you, where do you find the time? You've done how many how many soundtracks have you done? I, I was looking at your website, TerrenceBlanchard.com. I counted damn near 30. No, somewhere around 50, but I, I, <laughs> I, I stopped, you know. Uh, and I'm only saying that because that's what other people tell me. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't pay attention to it anymore. But you, uh, uh, I was reading some about you. Your first love is playing live in jazz clubs with great musicians. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so tell us about what you've got coming up at the Ordway. Tell us a little bit about the E-Collective, first of all. Who are those musicians? Well, the E-Collective is a group that I put together, and it's actually a collection of various musicians at various times. Uh, and initially, the, 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 the initial idea was to put together a group of great musicians to play groove-based music to inspire some young kids to play real instruments. Uh, but then it kind of segued into social justice realm because while we were putting a band together, the reality was happening all around us. Right. With Mike Brown being shot, mm-hmm. Mayor Rice being shot, you know, Philando. Sure. Um, so what we've done is our first two albums were all centered around that that idea. The first album is called Breathless, and the second album is called Live, which is which which is uh, uh, a live recording in three uh, cities that have had various tragedies dealing with gun violence: mm-hmm. Dallas, Minneapolis, and Cleveland. Uh, so you know we've carried the idea further with uh, doing uh, with with um, collaborating with Rennie Harris and a good friend of mine named Andrew Fitzgerald Scott. Rennie Harris is a hip-hop 
uh, a dance uh, uh, choreographer. He has a great dance troupe. And uh, Andrew Scott is a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. He's a, He's been a sculptor and a visual artist for years, and he does video mapping. Hmm. So what we've done is we've taken some of the music from the last two records, and we've given it to Rennie, and Rennie has choreographed a, 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 an entire show which tells the story of a, a few people dealing with gun violence and, and, and abuse. Hmm. And so <clears throat> it is, it's called what you're bringing to uh, the Ordway. This is uh, going to be uh, Caravan, a revolution on the road, one of the stops in that uh, tour. Yeah, because we call it Caravan because we're trying to take this message around the, around the country, you know, because what we realize is that, you know, in, in the mainstream media right now, you know, we, there's just one story we hear about every day, all day. Right. But, there, but there are other people who are suffering and dealing, not dealing with the consequences of their actions. And we're trying to make sure that we draw attention to it and, 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 and keep it in the discussion. It's a fantastic thing to be doing. I need to ask you personally, when I pulled up your website, was that, uh, there's some music that came up, was that the E-Collective? Because there was a really cool guitar player on that. Oh, probably. I haven't listened to it in a long time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, Charles Altura. Yes. So, uh, how many how many pieces are you bringing to town? It's a quintet. It's, okay. You know, um, Charles Altura on guitar, Fabian on piano, um, Dale Black on bass, and Tony on drums. Tony Brown. The quintet reminds me of that great Paul Desmond autobiography titled "How Many Guys Are in This Quartet." <laughs> I love that time. Terrence Blanchard, uh, it's such an honor to be speaking with you on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. I'm such a fan uh, of your work and your work ethic and your beliefs, and I look forward to meeting you and hearing the show at the Ordway. We've got a couple of the uh, people that uh, the marketing director from the Ordway here and also a fella, a DJ who's playing the night before. It's going to be a great okay. weekend and we're going to get the word out. I look forward to meeting you. Thank you so great. much for your time, my brother. And uh, have, a, have a beautiful day, Terrence. You too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the conversation. Bless you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Eric Nelson. We'd like to thank our guest, Shelly Mueller from the Ordway, DJ Diggy, who's playing at the Ordway next weekend, and the great Terrence Blanchard. What an honor that was. I'm celebrating my 40th anniversary for my first gig in town. I got some big shows coming up. My birthday party, November 1st, with Tim O'Keefe at the Hideaway Bar at 219 Southeast Main Street, 730 Friday, November 1st, and my big show. Holiday on Ice Cubes, December 23rd at the Parkway Theater. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.